Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Welcome to the good news. Very excited to have two friends of the show here, Walt Wilson and Dr. D. Camillo Delizia. Welcome, gentlemen. We're here. We are here. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to touch on something kind of interesting in the news headlines that um, at first I thought it was kind of awkward and weird. But as a business, I think they're trying to take a step in the right direction, but it caused a lot of controversy. Mm. And so it's Starbucks. And I don't I know if you guys have that. heard yes, in the last couple of days morning. in the headlines, what they're doing is Starbucks is asking its baristas to get into the to enter the race relations conversation. Now, at first, all I could wow. think was awkward right that's yeah. all i can think but think about it they have um they've helped people with college they've um been a company that uh gets benefits for people that maybe only work you know 24 hours a week mm-hmm. etc like they've tried to be on the cutting edge as business people um and they get into a lot of political conversations for instance there was one um uh campaign where they basically said even in states where you're allowed to bring a gun into starbucks they prefer you not bring guns into starbucks etc so they've gotten into the political arena as well wow. And so um, here's the headline of the Daily Mail. Do you want that black or white, sir? Baristas at Starbucks will start trying to discuss race relations with customers as they buy their coffee. Howard Schultz, boss of Starbucks, gave the order in response to race-related violence sweeping America. But then after they started this and after I had talked about it the first day this came out, then Starbucks hid by cascade of negativity after ordering staff to talk racism with customers. The vice president forced off Twitter as angry public turns on what they call a patronizing project. So they're asking the baristas to on the cup where they would put Walt and they would put Dr. D. Um, they want him to write race relations in the marker, right? Which I think is so awkward and such a touchy topic to talk with a barista that you've never met. And here's what someone posted. They show a white girl holding two cups of coffee and it says, here's your macchiato. Let's discuss the historic disenfranchisement of your people that has allowed me to prosper. So they're being really sarcastic. And one guy said, look, I can't talk about how I've been oppressed. Um, It'll take too much time. I'll miss my train. Like, I get that their heart is in the right place, but I think it's kind of a deep issue to talk about as you're handing someone a latte. I think there's certain things I, I, I'm, you know, I must have been under a rock the Don't last few days. I didn't hear office. that. I, I was just going to say there, there. I was taught there are certain things you talk about and certain things you don't, and there's certain people you talk to them too. People who are close to you, you obviously have certain types of conversations, and people you just met at Starbucks. It's how's the weather and stuff like yes! that. I mean, I, I, I mean, right. I'm not trying to be rude, but I, I don't think that's something I really want to talk about as I'm grabbing my coffee. It's way too personal. And another one of my commentators on one of my other shows said, you're going to start having like fisticuffs and brawls like you'd have in a bar. Like, really, that's that's a pretty deep, heartfelt conversation like you said dr d that you may want to discuss with the people you love or you're very close to because if you offend someone you're not meaning to well they know where it's coming from because they know you yes okay so they don't take it certain ways but i find that uh strange but you know something it served its purpose we're talking about it yes so i'm thinking that's what it did the poor vice president was so berated he had to take his twitter account down for a day (laughs) well i think they've missed their mission statement their mission statement is to help people with coffee not politics That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, it's simple right. as that. I mean, with the board of directors, I don't know about the vice president, but board of directors want to have return on their dollars. Yeah. Not something anti uh, blowing up in their face and people walking out. Yeah. Ah, these baristas don't have time. You ever seen these p- poor people work? They fly. Oh, they are. I, I think I'm sitting and have a conversation with somebody Fast. about racism. And yeah, serve, it's a- And it's going to back up the lines. And are you going to have customer ill will? Well, and so. that's a good point, too. I have to be honest with you. Like, if I'm checking out in a line, and it's a really long line, and then I see a checker engaged in a conversation with someone, I get a little bit ticked. I'm not overly impatient, but 
you know, I feel like then they're they're disregarding my time, that they don't feel my mm-hmm. time's important if they're just chit-chatting while I'm still waiting in line and they're done with the transaction but still conversing. I, I think they need to stay in their market and serve their market the coffees, the lattes, and get out of the politics. And uh, they want to hire somebody to come in and, 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 and do a survey. That's fine. Have someone separate come in and talk about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think people have time, but... You could sure try that, but that's a, that's a weird marketing it's, it's strategy. A, yeah, it's a, it, it is a weird marketing I'd strategy. I'd like to know if the person who came up with the idea is still working there. That's the question <laughs> that I have. was the vice president, wasn't it? it well, was. Howard Schultz, I think, is the yeah. president. Was he the one that came up with yeah. it? Um, I think he came up with it, or at least he bought into it, because he's been right. talking about it. And then the VP is the one that got forced off, if I have all the stats right here. But basically, it hasn't been successful thus far, except for, like Dr. D said, we are talking about it. Yes, we're talking about Starbucks. And I don't know if that was... Well, yeah. But do you want positive or negative? <laughs> you know, f- according to the publicity people, matter. any any publicity is good. It doesn't matter if it's even negative. Take a look at movie stars who get themselves in trouble. Next thing you know, they're in the next big movie. I mean, I don't know. But I don't go see horrible. how that works. I haven't seen a movie in 20 years. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. That so hilarious. Yeah, I really haven't. I don't have the patience for it. My wife always wants to go. But anyway, it's there's no bad there's no bad publicity according to the publicity people. Well, not I me. I don't know about for businesses though. I, I that would does bigger difference. I was in banking many years, and boy, we got bad press. Yeah, but yeah, still, but the banks are still making money. Well, think yeah. about it. If you're yeah. known, if you're known as a pain-free dentist, Doctor D, what if you're known as the painful dentist? I don't think that would work for you. My my, <laughs> my clientele would change, and a lot, people who wanted pain would come in. So I don't know how that works. Masochist. Yes. <laughs> but that's not what he's known for, by no. the way. Pain-free. Okay. So with that said, I want to get onto that whole conversation of you know you guys are both businessmen. Me too. And I was thinking the other day because my husband, as you know, Doctor D, you just talked to him. He has a startup and you asked him what's the most difficult part of the startup and he said the people the employees and you said well that's not going to change like that's something that's that, life yeah that yeah. that's part of life and so I was thinking about how lucky I am to have you know Moose and Jorge and I mm-hmm. have a couple of other sure. peripheral producers that people don't hear as much about so I directly work with about five people and I thought I said to my husband I said you know I have to say I'm pretty blessed because I have really good mm-hmm. people around me which boy <laughs> you have to be pretty thankful for that right of uh, course. And, and with that said as you guys know running a successful business and especially, I'll say, Dr. D, in an office where your people are the front line. So if you have a crummy office staff, then it'll hurt your business. People won't come back if they don't feel warm or connected or that the person's kind to them or concerned. Yeah, you need to have relatable people around yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Or, or that person can – you could be the best dentist in the world, but if your frontline man or woman isn't, mm-hmm. then then that will impact your business very directly, don't you think? It, very directly. What the issue is with um, – and, and, I'm, and I'm very grateful for every person that walks through that front door. I really, really I know am. You are. Um, is that we are all different. We all have our stuff someday on full view for everyone to see. We're human, and that's okay. Yes. Um, And we have to be cognizant of the fact that we have to be forgiving sometimes when somebody comes to work with something on their mind or a patient comes in and maybe, you know, they they had a bad day at work or, or something didn't go quite their way that that that's what I was talking to your husband about people are people we are who we are uh, let's just look in the mirror and realize how imperfect we are first before we go and say anything but we're all I know I say the same thing to myself too I go me imperfect that's impossible but um but I I'm perfectly imperfect and I'm okay with that but well it, and I guess this would be my wake-up call to all of us to be you know happy for the Jorge's and the other um, colleagues and employees we have and you know and to be thankful for them because you don't oftentimes come across guys like this guy you guys are going to love him because this is old school work ethic that our parents tried to teach us when we were young that we're trying to instill into our own children. And uh, this guy's name is Ron Klein. He just celebrated 60 years in the workforce, 50 of them for the same company. And he's had no sick days in 50 years. He has 11 children, four of whom he he and his wife thought, you know, we're getting good enough of this. We're getting pretty good. We're going to just deliver them at home. You know, so they no sick days. I think he has 30 some odd grandkids, but (laughs) I'm just like, this guy is like out of central casting when you look for an employee. And not only does he work there, now a son works there, a couple of brothers, a daughter. There's like between the family. I mean, once you get one like this, Mm -hmm. an employee like this, you're like, are there any more of you that we could hire in your family? So take a listen to the story about Ron Klein. Just about 25 miles southeast of Mansfield sits Perrysville, Ohio a small town that's reliably quiet in the early morning. 
all except for the even more reliable sound of a delivery truck. I'll get it squared up in here. The person steering that big rig back and forth on Ohio's country roads is Ron Klein. Ron began with Mansfield Plumbing back in the winter of 1965. Now 50 years have come and gone, and Mr. Reliable 70-year-old Ron Klein is still there, never even taking a sick day. So what are they changing the name to Klein Plumbing? <laughs> yeah, that's what a lot of people say. Yeah, you got to own that company by now. He's here every day. He's got a smile on his face every day. He has got the best attitude of anybody here. I couldn't make him stay home. Ron spent a lot of these past 50 years working next to family. Three brothers also work for the company, along with his youngest son and oldest daughter. Can you believe that? Wow. 50 years. And two other things he said, a smile on his face and best attitude. Uh, I mean, come on, if you could, if you, what do you want an employee? A smile, a good attitude, and no sick days? I mean, come on. That's the ideal scene for everybody. Better yeah. clone that guy. <laughs> I like him. Yeah. He's hired. Yeah. And, you know, people think of sick days oftentimes, and granted, we do get sick and need them, but, and I'm not saying come in when you have the flu by any means, but that work ethic, I think, is something that almost doesn't exist anymore. One of my girlfriends, Robbie, who comes in every week, told me that she thinks I have the best work ethic of anyone she knows because, um, uh, for whatever reason, but, you know, and that's very flattering to me, but I, I just find that that's not something that maybe we try to instill into our kids as much as maybe our parents did with us. I did that with my son. He's got a very good work ethic and stuff, so, and he actually said, you know, Dad, because I watched you I've developed a, mm -hmm. the same habit you have, so I was I was flattered by that. I said, "Yeah, sure, you sure you saw the same guy?" <laughs> well, was... let's hear the end of the story, and then I want to ask you both because I've been doing some interviews with authors who specifically speak on the relationship of dads and their children. I want to talk about three things that you wanted to teach your kids or instill in them in raising your kids because you've both had, you know, you've got good kids, both of you. So let's hear the end of. Uh, of the Klein story about, you know, 1965, 50 years. By the way, he's not thinking about retiring yet. He's 70. Good for him. Yeah. He, 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 he's enjoying, he still has a smile on his face. Here's the rest of his story. All in all, the Klein family has over 220 years at Mansfield Plumbing. But Ron didn't spend all of his time at work. Our kids right there, the girls and, and the two boys. He and his wife, Lois, had 11 kids, and Ron didn't miss the birth of any of them. In fact, doing what he perhaps does best, Ron delivered the last four. The last ones we, we had at home, and I delivered them. Well, Lewis had a lot to do with that. <laughs> but, uh, we yeah. Just, uh, you know, we thought, why go to the hospital? We're getting good at this. <laughs> <laughs> now with 38 grandchildren, Ron continues to lead a busy life. Good <laughs> Packed with birthdays, ball games, family functions, and of course, work. Each and every morning, as reliable as the sun, Ron climbs up in the cab and sets out on Ohio's open road. And retirement. I haven't even thought about it. Well, that's for the birds. You know, we just did a story on a 95-year-old man by the name of Charles, and he was a dentist, interestingly enough, cool. Dr. D. And uh, he just broke the indoor record for the 200-meter sprint. Uh, he took a couple seconds off it, and he started bodybuilding in his 80s. And uh, I'll show you a picture here in a minute of him. And uh, he says retirement is like the kiss of death. It's like putting a foot in the grave. So even though he retired from dentistry, he didn't retire from trying to like rebuild his body and better himself physically. Cool. And uh, he, he's not a big fan, he says, of retirement. So what do you think of that story, the 50 years, no sick days? Well, I was amazing. I mean, uh, the guy's got 38 grandchildren. No wonder he has to keep working. I, 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 that's what my thought was. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. For presents. I know. Right? <laughs> all, the, all the money to support. Yeah, but that goes into saying that people that give work such a bad name, this is what's keeping this man alive, and I believe it's what keeps us all alive, is having something to do. I really believe that. Well, I'm uh, about four month, or about eight months away from the 70, and I'm still working, and I enjoy it, and I won't um, retire. No, you do you, like it, don't you? I do, I do. a lot. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You can tell. Um, I, so I just um, I was telling you about the 95 year old runner. I just wanted to show you guys his picture because I think we think I think we think that you have to kind of deteriorate as you get older. And he's got really great muscles, and he just wrote uh, broke that sprinting record. And I thought I thought oh 95 year old sprinting sure you know I thought he'd be like taking a look at him he could motor 
He, he looks good. He um he started off a little bit slow, you know, with a sprint, but then once he gets moving, he does not run like a ninety-five year old man. It's pretty amazing. Very cool. Got to get yeah. your joints limbered up. That's why I it know. takes a yeah, time to right. get going. It takes me three hours. <laughs> once to once you get him limbered, limbered up. Then he's gone. <laughs> oh my gosh, that totally cracks me up. All right, so um, I want to ask you guys. <laughs> he does. There's some weird noise in the background, by the way. I apologize if you hear it's it on stomach, the air. Don't worry Is that your it. stomach? No, it's wow, not. It's like, it I'm like bringing you lunch next time. Oh gosh. All right, so I told you, um, uh, you, you both, I wanted to talk about, you know, three things that you wanted to teach your kids. We talked about work ethic and how, you know, we, the millennials, uh, you know, we joke around about the younger people not having the work ethic, but I do see that when interns are hired or this, that, and the other, they're busy or they miss or this, and, and I get it. I was an intern and not getting paid to do a job. Uh, we have a good one right now, but... Um, uh, a lot of times, you know, they're just not 100% in. They're not all in. They're kind of, right. eh, I have to do this for a little credit, but if I can miss a few days, I certainly will do my best to do so. <laughs> right? It's true. Right? It's true. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's a different mindset. I, I don't know how it happened, to be honest with you. I know that life evolves and we all change and stuff, but I have no idea. Uh, I sometimes have to interview staff and bring in more staff and I get, well, I, I can't work this day and I can't work that day and I have to do this and I have to do that. And I'm like, well, okay, well then you obviously don't want to work right? because there's a, there's a commitment that's, that's understood in that process. So, um, want to know what the three things I taught my kids were? Yeah. You want to hear how Italian this is? You ready? Yeah. Okay. How to make pasta. That's that's number four. It's close. It's close up on on the list. Well, the first thing is your mother is the best cook, by the way. You must eat so well when you go home. She was out here while we were moving because we needed some help and she cooked and cleaned and I gained about 11 pounds. So that's not cool, but she did a great job. I'm proud that she came out. Uh, The first thing is always faith is first above everything else out there. And if you ever, if you ever invert that, I tell them you you just give yourself trouble in life. So that that's the first. And the second thing, and here's the, here's the, uh, here's the Italian part. Pretty much the five of us are a unit that will be always be a unit till the day, you know, we leave this earth. Uh, like the there. family unit. It and is. It's funny you say that because the other day I was writing something out about the our, our family like motto. You told me that once about having like a family theme or yeah. a statement, right? Um, and it was fa- uh, faith, family, fun, and fitness for our family. That's good. You know, and then the kids, that Lego movie that everything is awesome, everything <laughs> is awesome when you're part of our team. They sing she it knows the song really well, too, doesn't she? <laughs> when you're living the dream. <laughs> and so they have that song now. It's like our family yeah, theme song. Yeah, and that's song. good to have. That's good to have. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Dr. D, you said faith and then family, that you guys are the like five a five-sum. And yeah. no matter who we bring into the family, who they decide that is, is their love of their life on there, they have to realize that they're entering into, into um, I'll use the word, a gang. Mafia. We act, a, a little bit like that. <laughs> right. That, and, they, and, and by the way, your sons know Italian. God, Godfather. Uh, even though he doesn't tell <laughs> them you. they have to marry Italian, one of your sons, I don't remember which one, said, well, we, like, we get each other. Like, they, <laughs> Italians understand me. We do. So. There, there is an unwritten <laughs> Body, body posture and language that is that is always there. And and the last thing is whatever you do, just be committed. Be committed to if what you're you committed. Do. If you're committed, you will always find success to it. Well, and, and you've got one kid on Broadway. One kid met. It's going to be a doctor. One a lawyer. So your kids. He didn't. is an attorney. He's been practicing for a year. Daniel. Oh, he already. Oh, yeah. oh, he's doing great. Little skinny Daniel with the glasses is already an attorney. He, 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 it's funny if you put him and your husband next to each other, except for two yes. inches. They look identical with their body oh, posture. They're like pencils with hair and glasses. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. What the heck of a heck of a golf swing, though? <laughs> yes. That long, limber body is beautiful for golf. But so faith, family, and and then whatever you decide to do in life, be committed. Just be committed, and well, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. For your kids, they really are. You so know. far, and the last thing I taught them is if you're not going to work, then you have to get out. Get out. <laughs> yes, quickly. Get out. You yes. want to get them to eventually move out of the basement, let's be honest. Exactly. Right? That's what you're actually, that's the goal. That's yeah. the promised land to get them to eventually move Please out. Please get going. <laughs> All right. How about you, Walt? What are three of the things that you wanted to teach Well, I agree with uh, Dr. D. We've always um, pointed our children towards faith. Uh, we can't make the decision for them, but we want them to see um, that life without it is empty and hopeless. And so that we point them that way. Uh we, I really believe in allowing them to reach their goals on their own without a lot of assistance, even when they fail, um, to f- find out what failure's like, um, oh, sure. to know um, that it, it does it, it builds character. And that yes, and they, the consequences, they say right. it's important the kids actually do, we can't rescue them from them. They have to sometimes right. suffer right. the consequences. So, right. so many of us, and I was guilty of this early in watching my kids grow up, but later in life I didn't, was trying to help them 
you know, succeed or get out of that. But, yes. you know, I pulled back from that considerably. Right. The right. other area is, is others are first before you. Mm. Oh, others before you. Yes. I, and, and don't prejudge people. Oh, that's, I like that. Because I've time and time again prejudged somebody and I've been totally wrong. Yes. Well, you know, well, I have to say, you mentioned you're almost 70. I think that's beautiful because I think that I find sometimes with my mom and my mom's generation, she has a certain idea of what people are, what they do, how they look. And so I admire that about you. Walt Wilson, a private pension by design. How do people reach with you? You'll meet with them uh, and uh, go over their, uh, you know, retirement plans. 303 798 6363. Private Pension by Design. Dr. D, our family, pain-free dentist. We love you, Dr. D. How do we reach you? 303-773-9400. Or email me, angieaustinnews at gmail.com. Eight ten a.m. KLVZ, where love lives. Do you need money for your school or maybe you need money for your organization? I have a great idea for you. It's called Buck a Bag. So you get all the parents, let's say, at your school to bring in clothing and shoes. And for every medium-sized bag, your school or organization gets a dollar. A thousand bags of clothing and shoes, you get a thousand dollars. And then all of those bags of goods go to ARC and all of that money will then in turn help the disabled community. I have Miranda from ARC here. Uh, tell us a little more, Miranda. Yes, it's a wonderful fundraiser. It's very popular among schools, sports organizations churches. It's a great way to earn money for your nonprofit organization. So Excellent. collect bags and boxes of donations. Give us a call. We'll come pick them up, count them, and then pay you accordingly, a dollar per bag or per box. It's a great way to raise money for your school or not-for-profit organization. Tell us how we do it. Give us your website and instructions, Miranda. You can find our contact information on arcthrift.org. Click on Mission, and then click on Raise Money for Your Cause, and you'll find my contact information there. Excellent. A buck a bag. Well, if you want to attain your dreams and you want to reach your goals, Carrie Conley is the woman to do it. And we just had a great seminar. Boy, that was fun, and we learned so much. We It was a life changer, was it not? It changed my life last year and once again this year. Very inspirational. It's such a reward for me, Angie, when I see people, not only when I work with them one-on-one or in my small mastermind groups, but when you've got 200 people in a room and you can see them, I can see all their faces when I say something or somebody else says something where you can just know that that hit them to the core. And they made a huge shift in their life. And that's what it's all about. Well, you've really guided me in my career, achieving some of the goals that, you know, I had in mind over the last year. You helped me write it all down. If people want to work with you in the future, how do they get in touch with you? And how do they work with you on achieving their goals, Carrie? So the best way to reach me is just through my website, infinitenation.com. And what I do is run mastermind groups that I bring people into for the year and help them achieve their goals, build their business, infinitenation.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. Easter has become almost, well, it's a springtime Christmas. You wake up, stumble blurry-eyed down the stairs to gather your bounty that's been delivered by some mythological creature. Along with all the new goodies, you get new church clothes and have a big meal with loved ones. Well, there's thousands of homeless in the metro Denver area that don't have those luxuries. But with a gracious gift of $1.92 from you, the Denver Rescue Mission will provide them with a hearty meal for one of those homeless individuals. Put one less chocolate egg in that basket and put some great food in a hungry belly and love in a thankful heart. That $1.92 is going to go a long way to help the people that don't have anywhere else to go and call the Denver Rescue Mission home. Along with that wonderful Easter meal, the mission's Easter celebration includes the homeless having the opportunity to have their feet washed, just as Christ washed the feet of the disciples. As we remember the great sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us, perhaps we can join together and sacrifice financially to help out those around us who needed the most. For more ways you can help and to donate your $1.92 or more, all the details can be found at denverrescuemission.org. Hey, it's Angie. I have a wonderful event to tell you about. You can go with your friends. It's called the Mad Hatter's Ladies Lunch and Fundraiser. And here's the deal. It helps Life Choices. And we are very good friends with Life Choices here at The Good News. They help so many women who are facing a difficult decision about pregnancy. And they offer so much love and encouragement to these women. So here's the Mad Hatter's Luncheon information. They will help Life Choices. You can go with your friends. Do a good deed and have fun. Saturday, March 21st, 11 to 1.30. That's at the North Glen Christian Church. And the guest speaker, you may recognize this name from Duck Dynasty. Corey Robertson is the mother of the speaker. The speaker is Chris Howard. And Chris herself knows a little bit about books. She's edited and co-written over 100 books. And she's authored nine books. And again, that's Chris Howard, mother of Duck Dynasty star Corey Robertson. And uh, she'll be speaking at the Mad Hatter's Ladies' 
lunch and fundraiser to benefit Life Choices. You can go for more information to lifechoices.org. Where the love of God meets your life. 810 AM KLBZ. Welcome back to the good news. Marriages, you know, they're not always uh, sunshine, cotton candy, unicorns, and delicious ice cream cones. Sometimes they're rough. Sometimes it's a bumpy road with a lot of potholes, and you get stuck in them, and you're kind of grumpy, and you're like, ah, this is tough. But you know what? You can tough it out, and you can pull things back together. And uh, I know someone who has. His name is Kurt Bubna, and he is the uh, author of the book, Mr. and Mrs., How to Thrive in a Perfectly Imperfect Marriage. Welcome to the show, Kurt. Hi, Auntie. It's great to be with you and your listeners. All right, so you've got quite a testimony. So first, let's just give a little, just a synopsis on what you want people, you know, why you wrote the book, but then we want to get into your testimony because you are living proof that this can work. Well, I wrote the book because, like you said, marriage is hard. And uh, I'm coming up on 40 years of marriage with my wife, uh, but we married young. I've been through quite a bit, and uh, my conviction is you don't have to learn things the hard way. So we thought, uh, you know, let's... let's uh, put something together that really would help people in whatever stage of marriage they're at. So that's why we wrote it. Excellent. So let's go back in your testimony a little bit. Did you grow up a Christian? Let's uh, talk about you, and then we'll see how this uh, book you know, came out of your experience. Yes, I grew up uh, a very evangelical, fundamental church. Um, my dad was a pastor, actually, most of my life. I uh, had decided early on I would do anything but be a pastor. didn't want to go that route. Really? But, uh, yeah. Really? Why? <laughs> well, I'd experienced a lot of pain in uh, my church experience, and um, saw a lot of things that, um, you know, the reality is church is not perfect, and marriage isn't, neither are people, and neither are churches. But I had expectations and things that just didn't go the way I'd thought. So I love God. I wanted to be a, a Christ follower. I just didn't want to really serve Him in that, that way. And... Um, Actually, my wife and I got married young. I was 18. She was 19. And I wanted to be a fireman. That was my life goal, was to <laughs> ride in a very fast truck and to save lives. That was kind of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds exciting. And, yeah, well, it, it is. And um, But God had other plans, and through a story that would take too long to get into, uh, really redirected us. Um, and I decided to go to Bible college and go to youth ministry. And that was a miracle in and of itself. But uh, went to school, um, got into youth ministry, um, and again, faced some things. You know, one of the things I talk about in the book is expectations. And we all have them, Angie, every one of us do. And when we have unmet expectations, if we don't deal with them in a good way, we end up being bitter rather than better. Yeah. And I grew very bitter, and uh, and that began to affect my relationship with God, and that affected my relationship with my wife. And five years into our marriage, I'm 22 years old, I told her I wanted a divorce, and I was done. Done with God, done with church, done with her. And um, it was a, the most painful season of our life. Um, but out of that, again, God and His grace and His amazing patience with an idiot like me just kept pursuing me. And actually, uh, I came to a point where I realized, you know, I, I need to, to make some healthy decisions and actually decided to get help in my marriage and, and return to uh, my relationship with God and my wife. All right, let's and step we, back, Kurt. Let's step What's back. That? So you are you, you are at that point. I know now that you're a pastor at East Point Church in Spokane, but at that time, five years into your marriage, you're 23. You've been married since you were 18. Were you um, already working in youth ministry at that time, or were you not involved as involved in the church yet? I actually had been involved in youth ministry for a couple of years. I went to Bob School. I was on staff at a large church in Eugene, Oregon. Um, moved up to help started church in Spokane 38 years ago, 37 years ago, and again, just was very, got very disillusioned. Um, you know, I, I don't blame anybody else but me. I had unrealistic expectations, uh, and there were things that I went through. The divorce of my parents, uh, almost lost my firstborn son, our second child, uh, went through a very difficult season of his, you know, early life. And I just blamed God. I just blamed God for everything. And then, you know, I started having problems with God, and then I had to start having problems with my wife, because she loved God, and she wanted to pursue God, and I didn't. So that created a whole bunch of other tension in our relationship, and it was all on me. 
Well, thank but, you so much for your honesty because you're saying your child's struggling with an issue that you know could have taken his life. Um, you know, you're struggling with your faith. You're working as a pastor, and you basically the quote says here. About five years into our marriage, I fell away from the Lord and out of love with my wife. Without a doubt, the most painful words she ever heard from me were, I don't love you anymore. I want a divorce. And again, you're being honest, saying you were in the ministry then, and you're saying, I want out, and you were having doubts about your faith, etc. So where do you go from there? You're still married, you know, 40 years on, you know, in, and you've written a book now, you know, helping other people through marriage difficulties. Well, I went off the deep end, and I, you know, it's amazing to me how quickly we can become really good at, at the whole bunch of things that we've never participated in. And I, uh, I, But the good news is, and here's the thing, I, I had a friend who didn't give up on me. And by the way, neither did my wife. Uh-huh. And so I had people praying for me, pursuing me, loving me. This friend, his name's Steve, he just kept reaching out to me over and over again. And I expected him to try and quote unquote save me to bring me back from my you know prodigal ways, and he just kept loving on me and really irritated me because <laughs> I wanted this guy to to uh, either you know get out of my life or get on with it. But finally, one night I actually got home it was late on a Thursday evening, and I'd been out uh, drinking. Got home on my motorcycle, which is another scary thought, but. Uh, he called me up and said, hey, we need to get, get together. And I'm thinking, fine, tomorrow. He said, no, right now. And he just, it was one of those moments where he had earned the right to be heard. He loved on me, loved on me, loved me, never gave up on me. And finally that evening, he just said, Kurt, I do love you, but you're at a fork on the road. And you need to make a decision. Are you going to choose God and his way and healing for your life, your faith, your, your marriage, or are you going to choose your way? And and I knew at that moment, it's hard to describe, but I just knew that it was a life of death choice for me. Not that God was going to kill me, but that my choices would lead me toward either him or toward death. And thankfully, I choose, uh, chose that night life and had chose you, to come back. Kurt, had you left your wife then, or, or were you still living at home? I was in the process of looking for an apartment, um, and she knew that. And that's uh, probably why Steve was pretty desperate at that moment to say, man, i got to do one more thing with this guy, but we, we were on the brink of separation, and I had told her I was going to file for divorce, and I was looking for a place to move. Wow, and she did not give up. You know, that says something about your wife, because a lot of people would be so angry at that point, because you already had kids, correct? Two children, yep. And she was, she was hurt. She was angry, but she, my wife's Irish. Trust me, she, you know, she, <laughs> she, she was not happy with me, but when I say she didn't give up on me, you know, rather than making it easy for me to be an idiot, easy for me to walk away. She just kept saying, I love you, and I'm not giving up on you. And that um, really ticked me off. I mean, <laughs> it's like that when you're rebelling and you're mad and you want somebody to justify your stupidity, it's really hard when they keep loving you. Yeah, but no she kidding. wouldn't give up on me. And, and then when I came back, you know, I said, I remember that night, I said, honey, well, actually, I didn't say I said, Laura, um, you know, I, I want to give this another shot. I'm willing to work at it, at it if you are. And you know, then we both wept, and she cried in my arms that night. And we began a long process. Let me tell you, Angie, it was better part of three years of walking to healing. Um, but God was so good to us, and He brought us full circle. Wow. So that friend of yours um, had that much of an impact on you that night that he said, you know, choose God and choose your marriage or, you know, or you're going to basically, you knew your choices would kill you, that 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 night you made that decision that you were going to work on your marriage and then three years of hard work to get it really back on track. Yeah, I tell people all the time, they come into my office now as a pastor and and they say, we don't like each other, but we don't love each other. Uh, our marriage is over, it's toast, it's miserable, and they go on. And I, I love being able to look them in the eye and say, you know, I may not have been in your exact situation, but I've been there. And here's what I know. Here's what I tell people all the time. God's specialty is redemption, restoration, and renewal. It's what he does. Now, we have to choose. We've got to, it's a co-op. We've got to engage God as he's willing and provides everything we need to find healing. But God's specialty is redemption, restoration, and renewal. And I can say that with conviction, and with absolute conviction, because I've been there. And thankfully, now over the last 30-plus years of ministry, I've seen him do it in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of couples. So that's what God does. 
So this has become kind of an area that, you know, God healed you, and now he's working through you to help heal others. So let's talk about, in your book, Mr. and Mrs., How to Thrive in a Perfectly Imperfect Marriage, Kurt, what are some of the, you know, the must-haves in terms of teaching somebody to put a broken marriage where you, you know, you yourself told your wife, I don't love you anymore, I want out. So how do you take people from the brink of that um, through the steps to get them on the right track like you and your wife, Laura, did? Yeah, that is a great question. I, you know, the book, I, I really wrote it for men. It's short, punchy. It's eight chapters. I cover seven things that I think help walk us through and keep our marriage healthy or can heal our marriage. But the, the last chapter uh, is probably the most important chapter. I talk about how to find healing, and it's all about forgiveness. We have to choose to surrender. We have to choose to love rather than hate. We have to choose to keep no record of wrong. First Corinthians 13, you know, we choose to, lo- to love and forgive as we've been forgiven. And so I, what I tell couples is, listen, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. This is not easy. Uh, it is going to take a lot of work. And I mentioned it, better part of three years. The first year was the hardest, uh, the really toughest part of that. And then I had, you know, I'd, I'd take two, three steps forward and take two or five or 10 or 15 steps backwards. But I tell them, you know, if you don't develop a lifestyle of forgiveness, then they're really, you're, you're not going to make it. And that's the hardest thing for people to hear because we want revenge. We, well, we've been hurt. We want our yeah. rights. We want you know to be uh, proved right in what we've done. And, and, and how could I forgive that for that guy or that gal for all she's done against me? But that's exactly where it has to start and where we have to live. And again, 40 years of marriage, I can tell you, the one thing we've gotten really good at is forgiveness. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet you have. You now- have to. You know, so many people say, well, you know, if a marriage is bad and, you know, the, and you're fighting, that's better for the kids if you get a divorce. Really? Is it better for the kids or is it better to work it out? Well, uh, you know, people say uh, kids can adapt, and it's true. They, they are resilient. Um, but here's the fact. Uh, the, the truth is 43% of American children are being raised without their dads, and nobody thinks that's okay. No. 28% of those kids are, 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 are living in a household that's uh, below the poverty line in terms of income. And so I tell them, listen, you're right. It's not healthy. It's not good for your kids to live in that environment. So here's the option. Rather than, than choose divorce, let's choose to get healing. Let's choose to get help. And as painful as it is, I mean, I don't, I've never met a parent that, that wants their kids to go through divorce. And I tell them, do you know that children of divorce, families are much more likely to go through divorce in their own life? And so the answer is to work hard and to do everything we can to develop and maintain a healthy marriage. And this is where I get in trouble sometimes, but I tell them, listen, to opt out for the sake of the kids is a cop-out. Yeah, I agree. And again, I realize it's not healthy for your children. You're right, it's not. So let's figure out how to get healed. Let's go see a Christian counselor. Get, get with a Christian pastor. Get with a mentoring couple. Do everything you can. And anything and everything you can to get healed, because that's in the long run. I tell you, I've got four amazing kids, six amazing grandchildren. I wouldn't have that today if we hadn't worked hard. And again, I give God all the credit. He was patient and gracious and kind and merciful with me. But as I love to tell people, but it's a co-op, we have got to keep surrendering our life, working, letting him work through us and in us. And it's worth it. It's hard, but it's so worth it. I have to tell you, I think that, you know, things are even a little bit more complicated now with social networking, um, and also there's no, there's another part of your um, uh, what you teach people that has to do with how not to have an affair, and I really think that that so, social networking, I think that is just a little teeny trap door into an affair. I think it's so easy for someone to start being your friend and then all of a sudden want to meet for coffee, and I just think it's a real slippery slope, those Facebook accounts. By the way, my husband does not have one, just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. yeah. Wall Street Journal, uh, back in November uh, last year, did a survey. 86% of the respondents said social networking makes it easier to cheat. And almost one-third admitted to having an emotional or romantic relationship online. So, I mean, there's some simple things you can do. You can have a joint account. Uh, my wife has access. She has all my passwords. So every account, my Twitter account, my Facebook, whatever I have, she can go on there anytime, every time. And I just think we have to be wise. The problem, Angie, is that we've, we've, got, we've forgotten some simple boundaries in, in our relationships. When I talk about how not to have a fair, one of the things I say is, listen, you know, here's Billy Graham years ago was asked how he maintained his integrity and his moral, moral purity in ministry. And he said this amazing thing. He said, well, I've never been alone with an unrelated female in a room. Hmm. 
really hard to have an affair. Yeah. <laughs> when you're, you know, not w- alone with an unrelated female in, in, in any place at all. And so that's a boundary. That's a, that's a, that's a, a, a choice that he made that we can make that will really give us some, um, safety, um, in our relationships. And so not being alone in a private place, um, making sure that you're not, you know, no lingering, inappropriate physical contact. I'm dealing with the emotional things that happen sometimes. You know, a lot of, and I am not opposed to this. I'm not saying this is bad. But the fact that, that we have a lot more women working in the workplace today, if, they're not, if their emotional needs are not getting met at home by their husband, they're going to find somebody else to meet those. Right. No, I th- and so I th- we've got to be careful there. I, I agree, Kurt. I think we have to be really careful there. I want to make sure, Kurt, that people can, uh, t- can find you and your book. We've got about a minute left. Uh, tell people what you want them to walk away with after they read this book, and then we'll get your contact info. Well, hope. You know, in one word, I, I would say hope. Um, when we make the right choice, when we begin to cry out to God in the midst of our pain, um, and when we start doing the things that He has lined out for us and get practical, get help, then there's hope that can be breathed into our hearts. And that's why I wrote this book, just to give hope to the hopeless. I love that. All right, Kurt, how do we reach you? Well, I've got the world's longest web link. It's youareperfectlyimperfect.com. It's easy to remember. My name is not easy to remember, but youareperfectlyimperfect.com. You'll find a link to my books, my blog, and and uh, all the stuff you need right there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kurt. Real pleasure to have you on The Good News. Thank you, Angie. It's been my pleasure. All right. We'll be right back with The Good News. Christ's love in His Word. The new 810 AM KLVZ. Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs. um, And you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things. But it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. Ladies, this is Rick Thielen from Life Choices. Do I have an exciting announcement for you? It is the Mad Hatter's Ladies' Lunch, March 21st. You don't want to miss this. It's at North Bland Christian Church from 1030 to 1 o'clock. Chris Howard is our keynote speaker, and she is excited about coming and helping Life Choices raise funds for the things that we do. We help ladies with unplanned pregnancies. We help ladies that are recovering from past abortions, and we go into public schools with our education program. This is a great, great program. It's going to be a fun afternoon a fun lunch how do you get tickets for it glad you asked go to lifematters.org that is lifematters.org and get your tickets right there they're $25 a person and it'll go to a great cause come to life choices mad hatters ladies lunch the life choices mad hatters ladies lunch is march 21st wear your craziest hat and enjoy a delightful lunch featuring keynote speaker chris howard from duck dynasty it's a great event for an even better cause go to lifematters.org for tickets and details. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just, I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning, and I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. I don't know about you, but I love to shop and I love a good deal. And my husband likes it when I get a good deal. 
You have to know about ARC Thrift Stores. On Saturdays, most items are half off. My friend Frances Owens, who's the former first lady you may know, also works for ARC, and she and I kind of have a running competition. Yes, we do. So what are some of the good deals you've gotten recently? Well, I just got a Dooney and Burke briefcase for $25. They run around three to $400. Perfect condition. I saw an Armani bag in there recently. I didn't get that one, but that was an incredible deal. I did get the coach bag, <laughs> brand new with the tag still on it. It was worth about $200. Yep. And I paid, uh, I think it was $20. Well, I just have to say thank you to the people that are donating these things. Oh my gosh. There are so many amazing pieces you can find. They've got 22 locations and your website is if they want to find a location. www.arcthrift.org. And all the money helps people with disabilities. So you spend money and it goes to a great cause. Yay! An evening of music and magic featuring national stage and TV magician comedian Mark Robinson and local favorite singer-actor Leonard E. Barrett Jr. are coming to Denver on April 2nd. Enjoy an evening of music and magic to benefit Bessie's Hope, a unique nonprofit organization that enhances the lives of nursing home elders, at-risk youth, and volunteers of all ages. Go to Bessie'sHope.org or call 303-830-9037 for more information. We know Christ loves us, and He gave us His Son for us. His love shines through on 810 AM KLVZ. You know, I love to talk about dreams and goals because, you know, we all have that passion, that something in our heart, but sometimes it's so fearful to go after it. And I think in many cases, I don't know about you, but sometimes perfection has held me back. Like I won't put together a demo tape because, well, I got the, I need the perfect this. I need the perfect that. <laughs> Carrie, Carrie's laughing. Carrie Connolly <laughs> is an expert in helping people achieve their dreams and goals and coming up with a vision for their life. And I have to say, Carrie, this striving, you say we should strive for excellence, not perfection. I cannot tell you how many things I have put off because I wanted to get the perfect whatever first. Mm-hmm. So I did nothing. So many people do this, Angie. And, you know, it's such a human trait for us to think that before we can put ourselves out there, whether it's in a small way or a really big way, that it has to be absolutely perfect. And, you know, one of the things I tell people is I, there's only one person I ever remember walking this earth that was perfect. So when we strive for that, it's just not humanly possible. We're just too mortal to be perfect. So, um, so it's, Perfection is such a myth, and like you said, it will absolutely stall people out from even taking baby steps into the vision or the dream that they have. So I really encourage people to understand and keep perfection in perspective. It's not possible. I absolutely 100% agree, and even just reading your tip about strive for excellence rather than the perfection, it's like, just do it. And I think it perfection freezes you. And then mm-hmm. it's like a giant boulder in the river and you don't know how to get around it. So you're just going to blow up a little air mattress and float there forever. <laughs> I always love how you have uh, such great visuals, Angie, because, you know, that's exactly what people are doing. Um, you know that I coach um, a lot of people, specifically entrepreneurs. And when I have somebody in my coaching group that's, that, let's say, the brand new entrepreneur, that they have a vision and a dream and something that's been put on their heart for really long time. And when they start sharing it with me, they're so fearful to tell me about it um, because they're afraid to even put it out there. And then the next step is that they have a really hard time putting legs around it, giving it some sort of baby steps to start with. And so when I work with them on saying, okay, this is a really big, awesome vision that you have. And I can see this is something God has placed in you that you should be following Um, And I said, can you just go out the door and take these tiny little baby steps? I can see like this big lump in their throat that shows up and it's just so scary. Um, But it's exactly what God wants us to do because what I remember is that we are to walk on faith, right? And so a lot of times when I've had a vision around growing a company or going out and doing some coaching or speaking You know, the very first thing I have in my mind is, oh my gosh, who am I to think I can do that? And I'm not perfect. And what if I stumble? And what I've learned is people, they love it when other people take the leap of faith and they actually stumble a little bit because it shows them that anything is possible. So, you know, what we have to remember second is that 
number one, you know, perfection is a myth. And number two is that there's a vision that you have inside you for a reason, and you are not supposed to have it all figured out before you go do it. That's God's job. I love that because you can take steps. Like, I feel like I can tell people have like a whole plan laid out. And, you know, my pastor uh-huh. had said, Angie, maybe just one door will open and then another door and another door. So it's a series of steps. Everything might not be right. laid out in like your plan for the next 20 years is now in front of you. Isn't it lovely? No, it might just be the plan for the next month. Right. Or just today. You know, a lot of times... Um, so when we, you know, when people have a great big vision, Angie, like, like you did and like several of the people that you know that I've coached, um, they, they absolutely have in them everything it takes to succeed. They just need somebody to hold their hand for a little bit to say, you know what, let's take that great big thing that you want to create that God has put in your heart and let's break it down into one year where we see it going in a year. And if that's where we see it landing, then where can we be six months from now? And then what I get them to do is work in 90-day increments um, and to focus on three simple things for 90 days that they feel good about and they feel like, okay, if I can lock and load on those three things for 90 days, I feel like I could really learn and grow from that. And that's the other thing we're called to do is we're called to just step out on faith and to do something every day to move in the direction towards growing our faith and growing personally and, you know, inspiring and affecting, you know, everybody else's lives. So the last thing I encourage everybody to do is do something every day that moves in the direction of the dream. Even if it comes down to just Googling something, because so many of us look at other people who have, a you know, have it all, the success and the money and things are going for them really, really well. And they don't, see all the adversity that we went through to get there. Right. And it's our jobs to keep sharing that story so that other people, you know, you've seen me on stage, Andy, and what happens when I start talking about personal stuff is I start crying. And it's horrible. I hate it. But you know what? Every time I do it, people come racing up to me as we're going, I love that you did that because it made me connect to you and know that you've been through some stuff too. And that makes it real for me. And so we really need to show that transparency. Yeah. And I I just figure, you know, what you see is what you get. I'm not going to hide anything. What you see is what you get. So uh, Carrie, or what you hear is what you get on the radio. Uh, Carrie, you're you're just uh, such a blessing and inspiring people. Mm -hmm. Um, How do people get in contact with you and reach you and see, you know, all that you have going on? Yeah. The best way is just to go to my website and it's infinitenation.com. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.